genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King one um, oil bath at a time. Uh, I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. Uh, joining us again today, we have our friend Joe Dorowski. Hi. So glad to be back and to talk about one of my favorite visuals of uh, The Return of the King. Yeah. Because um, we were talking about this off mic, but like this is the reason that he wants to be on this week. Uh- <laughs> yep. Which we may have talked about on mic. I think we even talked about it on mic back in Fellowship. Yeah, dude, that was like... But I don't know. I've only listened to... That was so long ago. (laughs) I've only actually listened back, except for editing, to maybe five episodes of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Editing counts, I think. Yeah. Um, Uh, But I don't remember that because I'm focused on something else and then it falls out of my brain. Like, I'm focused on making it sound okay, and then it falls out of my brain when it's gone because I was focused on the task separate from really listening to it. That's hilarious. Um, anyway, I guess we should actually talk about the yeah. minute. So we're talking about minute 157, which starts with the orc archers firing another shot or loosing another arrow, um, and ends with Denethor saying, set a fire in our flesh. Oh, so good. This is a good week. Hey guys, this if we can play that game that we played last minute of, uh, of best <laughs> yeah, yeah. line from this one minute of film. <clears throat> the only spoken words are set a fire in our flesh. So what do you think should win this week? I feel like that one wins by default. Uh, yeah, because uh, it's it's either that or John Noble's awkward breathing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I, I think so we'd sorry. all breathe awkwardly if we were having to pour a, a vial. Well, not, what is this, like a jug of oil? It's like a pitcher. Like a base, yeah. Yeah. So much, so much. Okay, but let's but, let's, yeah. let's go backwards in, time, <laughs> in the minute a little. I just can't get the noise out yeah, of my brain that. because I've listened to it with headphones too many times now. That's like anti ASMR, right? Yeah, it's like the worst. <laughs> it's like the worst possible. But so yeah, this uh, the forces in fact meet in this minute. Uh, 40-ish seconds in. No, they meet twice. Meet twice? Yeah. There's, like, the initial, like, run-up, and then there's, like, another group that they, like... They just keep running through. Yeah. All of these orcs. Mm -hmm. They meet at, like, 20 seconds. It cuts to the other scene at about 40. Yeah. I had it backwards in my brain. I was thinking about it wrong. I do enjoy the terrified orc faces as they're like, oh, they're really coming and they're not they're not going to slow down. It's a great bit of, uh, you know, it would be such quick acting to to get those shots. Like, OK, look, look scared like they're coming. But the way mm-hmm. it's edited in, like you do get a full sense of of like terror for from the orcs point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the kind of uruk looking orc that kind of looks like a Klingon that we've seen with Gothmog a handful of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my favorite terrified orc in this minute. Oh, dude, I like Gothmog's bull. I like, um... Oh, also the first time we see Gothmog show fear. Yeah, yeah, because he, like... So, when that giant hunk of of building 
is dropping out of the sky towards him. No fear. He does not. He, I mean, he moves like a single step, but he he um, is very steadfast um, in the face of like a bunch of horses. However, oh miss, <laughs> you know that that meme with the guy with the t-shirt. No fear. Oh yeah, one, one fear. fear. <laughs> Someone needs to do that with Gothlog, and then the panel where he goes where it says one fear just needs to be Carl Urban. Say no more. With, I will do fear. this. <laughs> You'll take no care fear. of that. One, one fear. <laughs> uh, we also, we see we get a glimpse of a guy who looks like he's the dude that has the skull on top of his helmet, but I don't know if it's oh, there anymore. Oh, yeah, skull head? He's like right in the Where? frame right now at the beginning of the minute. It looks like the same orc design and really close to the same guy, but there's no skull. Oh, did he lose his skull? Maybe. He lost it. Alas, I mean, he knew him well. A lot of orcs <laughs> are about to lose their skulls in this minute. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so this was done. Uh, some of this is people on horseback, like a lot of people on horseback, riding through stuntmen standing there. Wow. Which is dangerous. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. It's very dangerous. No wonder they were able to get a look of fear in the orc's eyes. <laughs> they just had a bunch of stunt guys, a bunch of people on horseback, and they're just like, all right, you're going to run through them, make room, but uh, make it look convincing. I can't imagine. Well, I mean, a horse is going to avoid something in its way. Yeah. Like, you're you're going to part for it and stuff, and then you're going to fall down in, in places where you know it's going to be safe for you to do so. Yeah. Like, the riders know the paths they're going to take. These are trained horses. That's so dangerous, though. Yeah, it's real dangerous. Which is also why it was so important that they knew that the ground was level and there weren't any holes. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to do stuff where we get to see horses riding through people. Otherwise... This is going to kind of lose some of the illusion if we can't get at least a few shots like that. Yeah. Well, I think that must be one reason why it does work so well, that you do have those um, those shots that are so convincing, and then you get an intercut with some of them where the, like, the horses are mowing down orcs, and you see the moments of like orcs falling under the feet, which that would be CGI. But then you also get the wide shots, which clearly wouldn't have to be a little more CGI'd um, to make it work. But I, I think it, it's kind of like the... Um, Peter Jackson's rule of reminding you of the Hobbit size periodically, like going intercutting with the the real horses and the real people standing there, lets you accept the illusion of some of the other shots that they're going to intersperse it with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you can tell in some of these wider shots where you can see that it's real people that there's probably like six to eight feet between rows of orcs that the horses are running through, and then the orcs are kind of reacting like they're being mowed down and tripped around them and stuff. In a, in a couple of the shots, and there's somewhere it looks like an orc is where like one of these guys in, in orc prosthetics and armor is just right next to a horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just ooh, buddy. But uh, there is a coolest coolest little insert moment in that that whole charge is Amor Carl Urban flipping the spear to reverse his his grip on it, getting ready to throw it while he's screaming at the camera. Uh, he's in the commentary. He says he practiced this for months to be able to do it while riding a horse without watching his hand do That's it. That's so cool. And he was so happy that they caught it on film because he had no idea if they did. Nice. Um, that, that moment, though, so he does that that toss with the spear, and that happens at about eight seconds into this minute, and then we get a shot of him holding the spear up, but still screaming, and it's um, about 30 seconds later. So it, it feels like he's been holding a death rictus scream on his face for 30 seconds as he's charging in. Um, and it's clearly like they just 
you know, took a cut and then dropped it in later. And it's not something you notice. I've never noticed this before, but in watching this one minute that clip over and over in preparation for this, uh, the two yeah. shots of Aomir charging that are 30 seconds apart and feel like, like you just kind of feel like that's a long scream. He's been, he's been letting loose. <laughs> yeah. Which is just so fun. Aomir's got a lot of rage just deep in his heart. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's got to let it out. <laughs> Uh, we also see Theoden hacking at orcs with his left hand in this minute. Instead of his right. Even though he started the charge with the sword in his right hand, he's now gotten his left again. <laughs> More reversed handedness in the middle of a scene, like Sam fighting Sheila. Do you think they, yeah. they just um, changed, uh, you know, one of the changes Peter Jackson made from book to film was deciding that Theoden was ambidextrous. Is that what's happening here? I guess, just yeah. <laughs> as an accident of film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Same, same with that Sam. That happened with Sam too. Same with Sam. <laughs> Sam uses Sting in both hands during the fight with Sheila. And now that now that I'm aware of the left to right thing, that's why Sam enters for the hero shot from the left side of the screen. Mm-hmm. That's why the episode we called trailer shot, where we talk about the Fellowship going through that yep. little piece of rock, is left to right. <laughs> I'm just thinking more and more that they enter Moria from the left. We're gonna have to just redo the whole podcast. Everything. Now we'll I'm just, just like, back. oh be- my god. <laughs> That'll be a quick project for you to just uh, go re-record some episodes. Yeah, <laughs> oh. yeah. You, you've shaken all these visuals yeah, in my you, brain. Have you just like because I'm just there are so many because <laughs> the ring right center from the right in Bree, it's ridiculous. <laughs> now I can't. Yeah, we're it. just gonna have to pay do do the podcast over. Pay attention to that and pay attention if Sam is right or left handed. <laughs> right, man. I just can't unthink it now. It's just tangled in my brain. If you're ever watching an old Western, just whenever there's a gunfight, you know which one's the good guy, even if it's the first time you're meeting characters, if you follow this rule. Because all the shots of them at the street are always following this rule. Also, if, it, if it's, if it's uh, what's his name? Uh, Lee Van Cleef, bad guy. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Little clue. Typecast much? Just like 99% of the time, bad guy. If not a bad guy... Someone that you're probably not going to trust. <laughs> but uh, then there's a there's a pretty uh, quite a jump of a transition uh, in this minute. We we change scenes really dramatically from the Rohirrim just mowing down all these orcs in their wedge formation to uh, John Noble breathing heavily, dumping oil on his face. <laughs> His last um, lines before, before this were pour oil on the wood, and now he's pouring oil on himself. <laughs> before we really delve into this this moment, I, I do want to just wonder, do you think Peter Jackson was doing a deliberate homage to the Mighty Ducks when he did the wide shot of the Rohirrim <laughs> uh, splitting the, the orc line uh, like a wedge as it, as it bursts through? Is there someone doing a Mighty Ducks minute? Because there should be. I, I love those movies. I feel like there was. I don't know. Man, I haven't seen those in a long time. That's a I, deep cut reference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for a certain generation, it's a very obvious reference. It's just if you miss yeah. childhood in that window. <laughs> right. If you if you were watching yeah. Disney as a kid in the early 90s, you, you missed the Mighty Ducks. Because they were on. I bet it's on, on Disney. I got to show my kids that. I bet it's on Disney+. Plus. Oh goes, yeah. yes. So is the plus. so is the the, the mid to late nineties like, animated, animated cartoon, one? the Mighty Ducks cartoon show is also on Disney Plus. Oh, 
where they they're aliens, and right? Actually, ducks. Yeah. <laughs> but they but still, still play hockey. hockey. Yes. They still play hockey. <laughs> and all their powers are hockey based. We we gotta stay based in the franchise. You can't go too far afield, or the fans aren't gonna follow you to this new version. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and like the they you the logo that they used in. Uh, in that cartoon became the logo for the the Ducks team for a while. And oh, I don't know Disney it... owned the Anaheim Ducks, right? Yeah, I believe so. I think that's how that happened. Yeah, I think so. so. They, they when they so when they changed the logo for the cartoon to like represent the cartoon, I think the Ducks logo changed for a while. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, goodness. To like be more rounded. I like to apologize and, and... for this tangent. It's fine. Never apologize for tangents on this show. No, don't. <laughs> also, like, people mention things, and they're just like, does anyone get that reference? And, like, 90, 95 times out of 100, I'm like, yes, I do, and I hate that you put me on this path <laughs> in my brain, because now I'm going to talk about it for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> but we get to Denethor. We get to Denethor. Oh, yeah. Uh, awkward, awkward old, old man breathing. I, um... <laughs> I was going to say, I like the juxtaposition, like the hard um, transition, because um, here we have like the Rohirrim at their, like their um, glorious, the height of their power. Yeah, their glorious charge hasn't been undercut yet. That's later this week. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> and then we, we cut back to, to Denethor, who is like in the, the lowest of lows right now. Well, maybe not. The lowest of lows is when he hits the ground. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> you got it. Oh. Boom. <laughs> Nailed it. <Oops>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I like this hard transition because there is so much going on and right. we're, like, just juggling. It it adds to the, like, frenetic nature of war, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I can In feel battle. that. Yeah, it, yeah like, I mean, you're feels... moving from the massive group larger than life to, like, this very personal horror that is about mm-hmm. to, to take right. place. Well, this is this is violence for good, and we're moving into uh, and nearing an act of violence for evil. I don't know that it's well because uh, okay, so Denethor, everything that Denethor is doing is what Sauron wanted of him to do. Oh, I see. Okay. So every every action that Denethor takes it's once his madness takes hold is is the evil of Sauron working. It's being worked on Minas Tirith. I see. It is. It is his will. So it is. These are these are actions taken as Sauron wanted them to be, in some fashion. Maybe not exactly, but any anything done is because Sauron has worked on Denethor's mind for maybe decades at this point. Uh-huh. But yeah, we get we get Denethor anointing himself in this oil. There's, what kind of oil like do you think weird, this is? In the in the commentary, uh, they tell us what they did to to make this which is just is glycerin and water and that's it Ugh. uh also they this is the only take of this the only shot of this because it ruined the wig no so he did a single take they just you know we want you to we want you to you know do the scene john you can pour this oil on yourself do whatever you want to do with it it's good but it ruined the wig they couldn't do another take even if they wanted to wow what about his um his cloak? Right, his luxurious cloak. I mean that that was probably easy enough to wash, but it, it ruined the way. Well, it's gonna be burned in just a second too. <laughs> yeah, like they probably had multiple cloaks. 
uh, <laughs> anyway for the stunt guy and stuff. But yeah, the wig doesn't have true. to be as good on the stunt guy. Right. It can still be wet. Yeah. It's still, but they can wet it with water for the stunt guy. Yeah, yeah. Gross. But this needs this... to look like it has this oily after... The, the sheen, right? That, yeah, this needs to look right. And it's like, it's really clear oil, which gives it the feeling of, like, kerosene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was going to wonder if it's, like, grapeseed oil, something really expensive and decadent, you know? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, probably. That makes sense. But the way it clings and, and like, stays on his face, like, it is... Oh, and when he's pour, first pouring on, like, it's such a fabulous vi- visual of someone who is broken, right? In, in so many wrong ways. Um, like, you can't see that and think, that guy's doing okay. He's He's right. got it together right now. <laughs> well, it's like, so we talked in Across Two Towers a lot about, um, like, saint imagery around Theoden. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, the perversion of that. Because he's anointing himself before a ritual mm-hmm. that he's already said is is a heathen ritual. It's like <laughs> it's the it's the perversion of all that imagery around Theoden to like mark him as um, like narratively kind of a foil to Theoden, mm-hmm. even though they never actually interact in the story. But their relationship to each other is something that we know is like complicated and contentious, right? So I just think that's an interesting thing to kind of point out because we talked about all that imagery with with Theoden, mm-hmm. and he was like a man on a path on a path to like becoming his true self again, and this is uh, perhaps things that would have been associated with Theoden while he was on his fall down, mm-hmm. but Gandalf doesn't right. come to save Denethor and bring him back out. He well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, and in talking about the perversion of like the the saintly imagery when you're you're uh, doing. Uh, something for for a higher positive god right this is as you as you noted like everything is being manipulated or called for from you know the, the ultimate evil in this world yeah the closest thing to the devil that still exists in middle earth mm-hmm. i mean the side of the balrog right right and that, that <laughs> looks the most like what we consider what, what we think of when we think of the devil yeah it has uh demonic traits right but yeah, this is so. Yeah, that I mean that that this image alone is like interesting in that regard. That it's like a perversion of of religious ritual. Yeah, I like that. I had not thought of it that way. But as soon as you start saying it, like, oh, that he's onto it. Because <laughs> yeah, he because he, he mentioned um, two weeks ago, three weeks ago now. Yeah. He says that it, we're gonna we're gonna burn like the heathen kings of old. So like he definitely has in mind like this this old ritual that is. Well, the way he perf- seems to be doing it, uh, not great in nature. Right. <laughs> what do you think pouring that much oil on your face does to your skin complexion? Long term, if he had a long term. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of acne. Lots of... Yeah, it just like ruins <laughs> yeah. the... Lots of acne. I think there's going to be some consequences. Man, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, just I, I'm looking at the minute, and just the way it's dripping off of his face, like after he when he's saying his line of "set a fire in our flesh," and uh, it just looks so gross in the hair and and coming off his his jowls and <laughs> off over his eyelids. Even it's just ah oh, so so visually horrific. Uh, like there's something that is like uh, like visceral in in how much you want to like reject what you're seeing on the screen right there. Yeah. 
There's also I am. He looks. He kind of looks like he's already melting. Like yeah, with the the liquid dripping off of him. It's pretty gross. Well, it's such a good Chekhov's gun, right? Like he's drenched in oil. Is it though? Like I mean, this is like a setup payoff, like one two punch. Sort of thing. I, I guess. Yeah, like, it's a good setup. <laughs> this isn't coming in act later. <laughs> yeah. This guy, is, this guy is drenched in oil. There's fire in the room. No matter what happens here. There's no way this guy gets away not on fire. Right. <laughs> At least a little bit. At least a little bit. Like, it's gonna happen. Um, I'm impressed by how little he seems to get in his mouth when you are actually <laughs> watching this. Because he is pouring it down his face. It's like he... It's like John Noble knew exactly how to do this without getting it all, like, in his eyes and in his mouth. Just are you... Okay, are way. you insinuating that, A, he's done this before, and B, like... He practiced, like maybe he did. I was gonna say, like Carl Urban practicing his spear toss. He would go and stand in his bathtub and just pour water over his face. Like, what? <laughs> what's the right angle? Right. <laughs> what's... Like, but if you watch it, you would think he would get way more in his mouth, yeah. and, like sputter. But That's that doesn't gross. happen. Well, it is running out of his mouth, though. Yeah, like you can see it at the end. Where so maybe we have he's just toss. really good at not reacting. <laughs> Yeah. Just as soon as the camera was like, all right, cut, he just starts spinning it out. Ew. <laughs> well, he's like, one take. I, I, I know I only have one take. <laughs> Good job, John. All right. You can go wash that off your face now. Brush your teeth, whatever you got. Take a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> real. And then this line ends, the minute ends with such a good line. I, this... I think we're giving him a lot of credit. For, for pouring it on, but uh, um, oh, I'm blanking on the actor's name. Faramir, lying there. He's also uh, coded David in this Wenham. stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> David Wenham. Poor David Wenham. Yeah. I'm gonna have fun picking a picking a screen grab for this minute. For oh, come on. It's gotta be it's gotta be the, like, oily. Oh, yeah. I just gotta find one that's not blurred. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I, but it, <laughs> it looks so different when you pause at different moments. The oil is doing very different stuff as it runs over his face. Right. It's just so gross. <laughs> like, but what could possibly like Denethor looks down and sees Faramir move, and then set a fire in our flesh. Like, does he see him move, and then there's some part of Denethor's brain that's just like panic? We have to die now. Or is there... yeah, <laughs> he's gonna Otherwise, ruin my plans by being alive. I can't have that again. Otherwise, I have to face that I'm I'm crazy, and that's not gonna happen. So it's done. This now. I can't face the consequences of my own actions. No. That doesn't Never. seem to be a strong suit for, for Denethor. No. I think I think if you were gonna give to... if you were gonna give Denethor a performance review as steward, what <laughs> what notes, what feedback do you think he would he would receive? Probably don't look at the Palantir. I... <laughs> <laughs> don't look at the Palantir. Why don't you put that away in your like in a drawer? Don't send one of your best generals away on a on an on an errand that you probably could have sent just about anybody to go do because it didn't work Maybe out. Maybe uh, stop right eating there. in front of the new hires. It kind of creeps them yeah. out. <laughs> Trust Faramir more. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't hate your one living son. <laughs> right. Don't hate one of your two sons. Don't hate any of your children. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just, come on now. I feel like we're beyond performance review time. <laughs> this is, security is coming to escort him out of the building. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where we're at. You gotta back up your desk, buddy. Like, it's time to go. 
we're escalating this. Yeah. We got we got Chuck from the front desk. He's gonna, he's gonna walk you out. We've been looking over your HR file. There's a number of complaints, and we think there's some validity. You know, I'm tossing an intern. <laughs> Can't put your hands on people like that, buddy. Toss. <laughs> oh my god. Telling people they should go die. Like, <laughs> right to murder your son. To be fair, to be fair, he, he follows it up with, in whatever way, you, you deem best. You deem best. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a positive review. You left flexibility. You trusted, you trusted your, your, your workers. Oh my you know god. who gets a, the best performance review of anyone in, anyone in Gondor? The people guarding the tree. They're taking their job 100%. Anyway. <laughs> Oh man, I can't wait to talk about the guards again <laughs> later this week. Okay. Um, I think. Do we do we have anything else to say about Greasy Denethor? <laughs> the greasiest Denethor, the original greaser. Oh, gross! All in black. He's got his hair slicked back. He's got some blue jeans and a white shirt on him. Oh my <laughs> He's got the, the comb in his back pocket. <laughs> Pull that out. Run it through this hair. Flick off the grease that's stuck in the comb at the end. Hell. <laughs> oh, no, I, this, this was this, you covered all my notes, guys. <laughs> I, I, I'm out <laughs> for this minute. Sorry to like steal your thunder, but like, yeah, <laughs> just uh, oh, my just foiled. I can't believe floor. we're here. Yeah, this is like a milestone, right? Yeah, we're greasy. Well, <laughs> this this week we reach another milestone. Oh gosh, yes. and very rapid succession yeah i don't i don't want to like uh intimidate you guys but on the one hand this feels like a climax of the film that we're really in these minutes wrapping up some major major plot threads but then if you look at the uh the runtime that is remaining (laughs) um everyone jokes about the multiple endings for return of the king i had forgot how real the multiple endings of return of the king were until i was rewatching the film for this right because i mean and when you i think the, the denouement takes like 45 minutes right and like regardless of how you how the rest of these this movie plays out when you're watching it and how little it feels like it could really have been a movie on its own if you just list the events that happen after this point and after this battle, it, it, like all of the good things, like it, all of the good stuff, but it sounds like another movie yes. worth of stuff. And it is, it is. <laughs> but it doesn't really feel like it when you just sit down to watch this movie. Well, because you've already sat there for like 157 minutes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's like almost three hours. And you could probably restructure it. To put it into such a way that it would feel like another movie and have a have a Return of the King Part Two, but that I'm, I'm so mad that Harry Potter started that. But that's <laughs> no. Not no, no franchise would ever d- double up the final installment. That would be such an obvious cash grab. I'm sure audiences would reject that. Hunger Games, Harry Potter, <laughs> right? Harry Potter did it. Twilight then Games did it. Twilight. <laughs> I think was Twilight. Harry Potter first? Yeah, Harry Potter's first. And then Twilight. And then Twilight. And then Hunger Games. Yeah. But then we stopped? I don't know. I think those are like the big three, though. Movies based on young adult novels. Now when someone says big three, I just picture something totally different. Oh, from name. like My Hero? <laughs> yeah, My Hero Academia. So it says big three, and I'm just like, oh, those three guys. Okay. <laughs> They're not here to save the day. <laughs> They're not. 
Um, but anyway. Even though Mirio Tagata can do it all. <laughs> We're... Wrong show. Yeah. <laughs> We're from the website DuelingGenre.com um, where you can find some other beautiful magical podcasts such as the Protagonist podcast um, of which Joe is the host. Um, and I co-host Doctor's Companion if you like Doctor Who. Um, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, if you haven't checked them out already, um, please do so. We would appreciate it very much. Yeah. And how. Um, so we'll be back tomorrow to see what comes of this uh, oily oily old man oily old man no good can come of this (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard to make a call as to where this is going but we'll find out tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) bye bye